Hello, everybody. Welcome to our first ever After Dinner Drink. This is where we kind of just sit around and chat with each other and uh, kind of dig in a little deeper about uh, what it is we like, love, loathe, enjoy about uh, gaming in general. And so tonight, what we've got in our cups is a, a little bit of what got us started and what kind of hooked us into uh, running D&D at conventions. And with me tonight, we've got Zach Goins. Hello. Jonathan Christian. Hey, and hey. And Catherine, Catherine Lindquist. And I am Hello. Troy Sandlin. Uh, so, I think tonight we're going to start off with uh, an easy question for everybody. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on Catherine first. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> What got you into role-playing games? Who introduced you? You know, that kind of thing. How, how did you get involved? All right. Uh, well, I was talking to a friend of mine and um, talking about how I sort of missed, like, pretending to be other characters. Because <laughs> um, I... I used to do that with my friends growing up and was, you know, I had a theatrical background. Um, and she said, she mentioned that she and her friends actually got that from, um, Dungeons and Dragons. And, you know, that was kind of like a little head tilt moment because that's not really what I knew of the game. Hmm. Uh, I didn't know much of anything, but, uh, it was not that. And then she said, yeah, uh, I I got into it and I found uh, the other people who are in my party now through Critical Role, so you should totally listen to that. And then, uh, so I did, and super loved the immersion of it, and um, and the fact that there was a system, so you you had rules to follow and stuff. But, of course, with Critical Role, it's the rules supporting the story. So um, yes. so I was super enamored with the story and being able to play the character and get to know the world. Um, and what? so then I looked for like-minded people. I found, I found a few on Roll20 that I did one game with, but then I found some other people, like a real-life party, and that's when it really took off for me. When was this? Like, was this, uh, like, and, and I guess I care less about the date and more about, like, because I know there's critters that'll be listening to this, so, like, what part, when did you dive into Critical Role? <laughs> Campaign 1, or what was your... Uh, well, it's kind of a, uh, at the point, at that point, they were still, they were most of the way through Campaign 1, but mm. they weren't, um... <sighs> I would say probably they had about half a year of campaign one left, and I actually went all the way back and started at episode one of Very campaign nice. one. Oh, wow. uh, and I watched through, gosh, I don't remember how many, and then they started campaign two, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can like be caught up and you know <laughs> interact on a current, a current events yes. kind of a thing. And so then I jumped over to campaign two, and of course now I'm behind there, but. That's how it goes. <laughs> well, 
it's hard for... to it's hard to carve out four hours of entertainment oh, every oh. single week. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> it's, I was so happy really when is. I found that it was on podcast. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's how Love I that. was caught up for so long. Um, it was because I could just stick a headphone in because I worked in the back of of a my current workplace. So that's that's how I could keep up with it for so long. Nice. That's cool. Through Very podcast. cool. Yeah. You're saying what podcasts you, are meaningful is, oh. what, is what she's saying. <laughs> yes, podcasts are very meaningful. They can they can open up so many doors. Yes, <laughs> life-changing, you would say. Life-changing, that's right. <laughs> Jonathan, what about you, man? Yeah, so uh, I always liked fantasy when I was a kid. I cut my teeth on Dark Crystal, Labyrinth. Uh, I, much like... Many other young boys my age fell in love with the childlike empress from uh, Neverending Story. And so I drew a lot and I pretended with my friends, uh, finding things with uh, dragons and go- goblins and things like that with swords whenever I was little. And then um, I actually I found a book my brother had read was reading and uh, I took it without his knowledge and read it. <laughs> And uh, it was the, the Dragonlance Chronicles, uh, Dragons of, of uh, Autumn Twilight, and fell in love with it. And I still have that copy of the book and have never told him that awesome. I took his book. <laughs> <laughs> so That's if he reads fantastic. this, if he listens to this now, I'm totally busted. And we'll talk about it at Christmas. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, but I, I read the book and I loved the all the characters and the magic. And it was just like, it hit every single note that I wanted. And I was mm-hmm. already... Really, really starting to fall in love with reading at that age. I was probably around 12, 13 years old. And then a friend of mine at school uh, told me that his brother had gone to college. We were, I was over to his house, spending the night and hanging out. And um, he said, hey, my brother went to college and he left all of his books. And I was thinking, oh, God, what kind of books is it? You know? Yeah. And, uh, and it t- t- luckily, it turned out to be just the player's handbook and the dungeon master's guide. And while he was reading through the, the player's handbook, and it's all the old AD&D stuff, uh, he was reading through all that. I was completely fascinated with the Dungeon Master's Guide and mm-hmm. all of the pictures and the tables. I'm like, wow, there's like everything. In, and just the idea of being the one that was, of course, at that age, wanting to be in control and being like the mm-hmm. one that's facilitating the story or really at that point in charge of all the monsters. So I could beat up all my buddies and that kind of stuff. So <laughs> um, I remember he said that he knew how to play. And... Um, he didn't, but he did a really fantastic job of pretending <laughs> like he did. Yes. Oh my god. So all he would do is he would he would, his brother had a module that it was handwritten on graph paper, and it was even folded and stapled like a book, and he went through that meticulously, and he embellished and made just made stuff up on the fly, and uh, would roll dice, and I had no idea what it meant, and uh, we had the best time, and so I fell in love with it at that point. Um, oh, and the soundtrack to all of our playing D&D was The Doors. Every time I would go over to his house, his, <laughs> okay. it was his brother's music. Again, it's like his brother's album, and he'd have that playing in the background. So The Doors is, like, a t- I tie that directly to old school D&D for me. Every, t- every time I hear Riders nice. on the Storm, it's it's us in a dungeon somewhere, <laughs> like, fighting kobolds or, or you know, or awesome. whatever. So it was, uh, yeah, that's how I, how I started out with it. So, so the Lizard King was uh, a real Lizard King. That's your... right. Yeah, that's right. Awesome, that's right. man. Oh yeah, man. It was fantastic. 
Zach, give it to yes. us. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, so gotta see if I can condense this in a way that they have. Man. <laughs> okay. Um. So my dad started reading us Lord of the Rings when I was like five years old. He would he would sit us down at night and read us um, all sorts of uh, The Hobbit, and then he just dove into the Lord of the Rings. Um, and so, and then when when those movies came out, I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I'm gonna hear some groans I know from the older crowd in this podcast. But when when uh, the Fellowship of the Ring came out in '99, if I remember things correctly, um, I was seven years old. Oh, crime. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> I, it, it may have came out in 01, so I may have been nine, but I was right around that window. Um, and I remember my dad, we, we were not, we were very conservative household and we didn't go to the theater a lot. Um, but I remember my dad took us uh, to the theater and there was this huge, uh, you know, card stock cut out of the ring wraiths. Oh, and I was like, yes, this is what it's about <laughs> right here. And um, I devoured that movie. I devoured that series. Um, I was I was one of those weird Tolkien nut cases who like learned, tried to learn the language and, you know, had all the little notebooks and all that. It's such um, beautiful language, though. I uh, was also a fanatic library nerd and would go to the library and rent a ton of books. Um, and my folks didn't really moderate that that much, which I enjoyed. Um, so I was able to rent things that were way above my level. Michael Crichton, uh, I was reading Michael Crichton oh. and dipping into Stephen King around nine, 10, 11. Um, yes. um, and I remember I picked up a, a little novel, um, off the shelf that was in the fantasy section and I was carrying it around with me, and my dad happened to be with me at the library that day. And he looked at it, and it said Dragonlance across the top. Oh, my brother. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, no, so, keep going. I'm listening. No, I'm no, no. It's, it's, it's a tragedy. No, it's a tragedy. Um, <laughs> oh, so no. he, knew, he knew just enough about D&D to take the book and put it right back on the shelf. Oh, oh. man. Yeah. So, okay. so uh, yeah. That was, um, but what what was great was um, right next to that book was a hardcover with this dark-looking elf surrounded by orcs just hacking away with them with his two scimitars. And um, I pulled it off the shelf. I'm like, well, if I can't get that one, I'll get this one. And he looked at it, and it said Forgotten Realms across the top. Mm. And evidently that triggered nothing. <laughs> and so I got to take that one home instead. And so, uh, John, I know that's a heartbreaking story for you because I was this close to be a Dragonlance guy, um, a kinder along with you. And instead, oh, and instead I took a hard right turn into Mr. R.A. Salvatore um, and consumed Dritz novels for years. Oh, just draw this, <laughs> draw the dagger back out of my back. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh i that was i love dritz and i have a lot of dritz books and that was kind of my fantasy um throughout my teenage years was 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 that that being said i had no idea that dritz meant dungeons and dragons right like i had no mm. correlation to that um and I, it was actually it took till i was in college um and i worked as a work study in the uh in student support services. 
and um, a friend of mine, an older friend of mine, worked there as well. And he said, hey, you should, you should consider coming and playing Pathfinder with us. You would enjoy that. I'm like, okay, well, if you're inviting me to play a game, I'm going to come play. Never played a tabletop game, didn't know anything about them. Um, he's like, well, here's this website. He sent me to uh, D20PFSRD. Um, mm-hmm. which is like the open source website for Pathfinder. It has all the rules and all, like, all 60 races, all 87 <laughs> classes, you know, uh-huh. all the feet trees. And he's like, just build yourself a character and then let me know and you can come play. Uh, a week later, I finally had a character. Um, <laughs> and he took That's me. about accurate for building a Pathfinder. Oh my gosh, I was so lost. Imagine <laughs> never having played a role-playing game before. Never rolled dice except for like a a a, a U.S.-style board game like Monopoly or Risk or something like that. That's that's the never a Catan play, nothing like that. And and being said like, oh, we're gonna tell you about D8s and D20s and feet systems and whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. It was oh, it was foreign language. Um, anyhow, so I finally made my character. I thought I had it good. Um, and he's like, okay, so we're, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go this evening. Okay. Sounds great. Show up. And I'm like, we walk up to this really nice house. Um, and we go in and sitting around this table are all of my professors (gasps) at college. So it's, (laughs) oh gosh, it's, uh, I'm going to name some names here. Uh, it is Mr. Bartelli, my economics instructor, um, it was one of the psychology instructors at the college, um, uh, Mark Johnson. It was another guy that worked in student support services, uh, his brother, Brent Johnson. It was, and then uh, other business owners in town. Uh, that was kind wow. of their group. Um, <laughs> and here I was like 17, you know, Neophytes. hey guys, <laughs> yes, I know nothing. <laughs> um, but it was awesome. And they, they, they took me under their wing where they really did not have to. And um, they were very patient. They were an excellent group. Um, and I I fell in love there. And I transitioned right along with them when, when 5e rolled around. I remember Mark bringing, and I didn't know anything. I thought we were playing D&D, and they just called it Pathfinder. Like, that's how <laughs> dumb I was, right? And I remember Mark bringing the, he had bought the player's handbook, and he brought it to this game, and he, he laid it out, and he's like, what do you guys think about playing 5th edition? It's brand new. D&D Next is what he called it. And I flipped it open, and there was the uh, Dragonborn race. And I was like, I am in. Like, I'm going to play a Dragonborn <laughs> wizard. And uh, that was, I, I've been sunk ever since so that's my, that's my story <laughs> that's awesome. That awesome. nice that's awesome <laughs> well being as zach alluded to earlier i am the older of the this little group here um, i started i got involved in it uh mid 80s mm-hmm. and a lot like a lot like you uh it was through reading yeah, I read I read all kinds of stuff. Like my sixth grade year, I read The Stand. You mm-hmm. know, so it was kind of like, oh, this is awesome. I found, I found The Hobbit. Began reading The Hobbit. One of my best friends came to school uh, with Dragons of Autumn Twilight. Mm-hmm. And so while 
Please I'm reading The Hobbit this time. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm reading The Hobbit, he's reading Dragonlance. Mm. And then I go right into Lord of the Rings. He gets done with the, the that trilogy of, of Dragonlance novels. And we switched. We traded up. Because mm. um, we, we would have like little little friendly arguments about which heroes were better. You know, like mm. Aragorn versus Tannis and Frodo versus Tasselhoff and all this kind of <laughs> kind of stuff. Um, another friend of mine, and it was so strange because he knew we were reading these books. And it took him forever. He finally said, hey, you know, my uncle uh, runs this game called Dungeons and Dragons. And I think you'd like it. I'm going to bring one of the books to you. And he brought the first edition uh, AD&D Player's Handbook. Mm. And I'm like, what is this? Mm. <laughs> so I kind of looked through it. He let me take it home for a night. I showed my mom. And she was like, well, you know, yeah, it's a book. You have to read it. There's math in it. Okay, cool. <laughs> so she goes out and she gets me the red, the red box, the OD&D red box. Mm-hmm. And... I probably played that little introductory adventure where it helps you build a character out. I don't know how many times. My first character was an elf named Cutter. And that was, that was an homage to ElfQuest. Um, and then, not knowing, she bought the first edition AD&D handbook, thinking that that was the next step. Wrong. Totally confused me. Um, but I read it. I devoured it. And I never got to play. His oh. uncle, Aww. his uncle would not let me join the game. <laughs> yeah, so sad. I bought everything that I could find for D and D. Got the combined uh, uh, Temple of Elemental Evil book, and said, "Fine, if if I can't play, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the DM." Hmm. Got some friends together. Had no clue what I was doing. I was running my own character as well. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. <laughs> and like the like the sly dog that I am, I thought I would use D and D to uh, you know win my my uh, middle school crush. Oh nice. no! Yeah, boy, that was <laughs> wrong. That was really wrong. That was a bad move. <laughs> and thus, that has you, uh, you brought out that there. that has informed my dating life for the rest of for the, for all to see. But yeah, that didn't go that didn't go very well at all. But yeah, that's that's how I got started. He he got me he introduced me to the game, but then his uncle wouldn't let me play. So yeah, that was <sighs> But I bought everything. <laughs> I bought all kinds of systems. Um if I couldn't play, I would just buy. I had I had James Bond. I had uh oh. they had an elf they, they had an elf quest uh, role playing game. I bought that. Um, Ring World from Larry Niven and Jerry mm-hmm. Pornell. I had that system. Champions, uh, Traveler. I had everything, and I read them all. I devoured them. I would make characters. I would draw them, and I had nobody to play until after high school. And that's when I finally got an actual group. Is after I graduated. It's when you started so, hanging out with the cool kids. That's what it was. Yeah. No, that was. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the DM we went to his house. He was he was a, a preacher's kid. Of course. Yeah, he yeah, we became very close friends. 
So he was and the he, black sheep of the church, is what you're saying? Yes, yes, by <laughs> by quite a bit. Uh, we thought because I mean, you know, doing it in the '80s, the, the satanic panic was in, in oh, yeah. full swing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've got I a thought story for, for that. sure. Carry on. Oh yeah, I've got a few. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I thought we were going to be in so much trouble because he would go over and sneak into the church after hours mm-hmm. and use their photocopy machine. <laughs> to photocopy pages of D and D manuals and stuff, so that we could have, we could have. It's like, oh man, if, if anybody was to burn in hell for that for for D and D, it would be us because we're using church stuff. You use the Lord's <laughs> Xerox for D and D. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, it was funny because he he uh, he admitted to me uh, a few years later that when I got finally got invited to come and play, it was uh, over Christmas break. And all of his old group had come back from college to do like a big marathon, twelve-hour D and D session. Yeah. And and for some reason, they uh, one of his other friends asked me if I wanted to play. I'm like, sure. And I show up in, like I said, eighties. So I had hair down to my butt. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I I walk in, uh, tight blue jeans, uh, <laughs> shoes. I had some kind of, I don't even know what kind of, it was a, it was a black t-shirt with probably some obscure band or something on it, I don't even remember now. You're really painting a picture here, man, I love this. Yeah, my, my jacket <laughs> and the, the, the round Ozzy Osbourne sunglasses. Oh my God. Yeah, That's next I level. walk in, I walk in not knowing, he said, you walked in and I was so intimidated by you. Oh. I was a. Af- I was afraid to do anything to your character because I thought you would kick my butt. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously? This? I mean, it, it was it was beyond hilarious. But uh, yeah, we uh, we became you know lifelong friends. Uh, his his younger brother is actually in my current gaming group uh, at, to this day. Nice. That's awesome. Cool. So yeah, that, that's yeah, how I had I my got own started. brush with. I had my own brush with the uh, the satanic panic stuff whenever I was. Oh. Um, when I was a kid, because you know, growing up in the South, mm. as a Christian, Christian household, my mom watched the the uh, Tom Hanks movie Mazes and Monsters. Oh, yeah. You guys yes, have seen that, yes. right? Yes. And of course, that was the end of that. I literally had to burn my books. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. This was. I think I was around. It's in. It was in middle school. It was not in middle school. Oh. It was in high school, and it was about a good year before. I tried to do anything else, any like game or anything like that. I was at a game store picking up comic books and I saw the West End Games Star Wars role playing game. And I thought, uh, my mom is okay with Star Wars. Surely she'll be okay with this. So I got to continue to play throughout high school playing at least some kind of RPG. Yes, that's the one. Thank you. Zach is holding up uh, the book in chat right now. Thank you. Yeah, the one that I actually had was the one with Darth Vader on the front. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the mask, right? And so mm-hmm. I had a good two or three years of all we did was play Star Wars because that's what we were allowed to play, right? And then, of course, then I, I leave the house, go into the service, got introduced to D&D again, or I had an opportunity to play D&D again. And uh, what's funny is coming back years later after getting out of the service, being in college, and then running D&D for my family – after the fact, whenever the panic's over and nobody's freaking out about Tom Hanks mm-hmm. jumping off the World Trade Center 
you know, uh, that, <laughs> um, and uh, oh. so it, uh, it it all it all came back around in the end, and it was it's always funny too because my mom was like really into Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, and she was all about uh, Harry Potter for her nieces and nephews and stuff like that. But oh. it, for whatever reason, there was that stigma that was tied to D and D. Yeah, that was tied to D and D. So yeah, that's oh, my yeah, hardcore, hardcore. Fun fact. Yeah. My f- speaking of like spinning like the 180 um my first real life D group everybody that was a party member in that group came from my current bible study that i was in oh wow like, oh nice hey, yeah there you go. <laughs> yeah um so it's 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 interesting hearing about you know I lived through the satanic panic. Like I had to burn my books and stuff. Like, yeah, it's 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 really oh, different. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's yeah. I mean, the- my my church now is where I get. That's where I get most of my players from. Right. Yeah. Like, my yeah. kids' godmother and godparent, <laughs> godfather came from our church. They they're part of our regular gaming group, and all of my friends that like. And I've got people that are coming up to me at church after service asking, hey, man, I heard that uh, Elizabeth and Paul were playing D&D. Could you let me come in and get on some of that action? <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. Let's do this. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Yeah, that's delightful. That is awesome. Okay. Zach. Yes. What was your first character? That, that character that you made that took you a week of intensive Pathfinder mm-hmm. study to create. What was it? Mm, okay, so... Here's here's my honest truth. I had a, he's gonna listen to this and he's gonna disagree with me wholeheartedly. But I had <laughs> I had a merciless DM um, oh. initially, and I say that because I think I ran through five characters in six weeks or something ridiculous Whoa. like that, right? Um, but but I can tell yes. you I can tell you what my first character was. I believe I made a halfling summoner um, in Pathfinder. Halfling Summoner, um, they have this companion that's a, like an Eidolon, is what they are called. But it's mm-hmm. basically a, 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 a beast that you get to evolve upwards and kind of craft if it has tentacles or a, a claws or quadruped or whatever, 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 right? Nice. Um, I, took a, I took a branch off of that where it was not a real creature, but it was a... Um, ethereal thing that kind of fit over top of you um if that makes sense so it was like a mech only it wasn't it wasn't mechanical it was uh spiritual and magical Mm -hmm. um and that character lasted i believe two sessions and that halfling got picked up by a rock and dropped from 300 feet um, <laughs> that's old oh, school right no. there man yep. oh man yep. so uh that's fantastic wasn't there a podcast we did at some point where uh, talking about adversarial dms and don't be that guy wow you know yeah. I, I, he's I, if it's not we, we need to yeah exactly Let's do that yeah. he you know and i'll, I'll say this uh, and really this is the case for several of the guys in that group like i think they 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 influence so much how i play the game to this day and they were definitely from the old school side of things to where, you know, it's a combat simulator through and through. Um, and where the modules aren't built for you to live. They're built to be difficult or they're built to have stakes. Um, mm. That being said, uh, they were really, really good uh, about 
letting people bring to the table what they wanted to bring to the table and determining what fun was going to mean for them. Or at least that was my perception. So um, I just had to learn to be okay with making a new character. And as a new person <laughs> who thinks all of this is awesome, I was beyond thrilled on one hand to to dive right back into that character creation and make mm. an Inquisitor badass or a half-orc barbarian chain slinger and, you know, all these other things that I made in that six-week period. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you were actually that, grooming yourself cool. to be the, the a dungeon master, though, because you were having to go through character after character to where that's kind of what my thing ended up being is I ended up getting to a point where it's not that it was boring to me. I just, it was un almost uncomfortable only having one character to manage and be responsible for at one point. Yeah, I, I love the fact that I'm a big rules guy. I love, like, like if my family buys a board game, I'm the one who, like, opens it, sets the board game aside, picks up the rule book, and is like, I'm going to spend the next 45 minutes learning how to play this game, right? Mm -hmm. um, so with D&D, &D, like, I wanted to learn it. That was a big thing for me. I don't want to play it, or I do want to play it, but I also want to learn it. Mm -hmm. And so... Being a player for as long as I was, which was, I feel like, a, a year and a half or so before I ran anything, um, really was what I needed for me to feel good about, like, especially Pathfinder, consuming all of those rules. And what is a prestige mm. class? And what is a feat tree? And, and you know, <laughs> racial traits versus non-racial traits versus regional traits versus XYZ, right? Like... I know all that now, <laughs> and it's only because <laughs> I was a player long enough that I got to read the rules. Um, as I think DMs, a lot of times, we don't have time to actually read the rules as DMs. We have to kind of figure it out. And the, like John said, There's... when you're a bored player, at least in my case, I open the rule book. <laughs> right. It's like, there's rules? Yeah. Oh, huh. that's cool. What about John? What was your first character? Oh, let, me, let me guess. Let me guess. It was either... Mm -hmm. A Raistlin clone? No. Or a Tannis clone? Or uh, Sturm? No. Sturm? Okay, Tannis. so okay. So first of all, uh, uh, mad props and love to Sturm. Uh, the most undersung character in that entire series. But oh, he was amazing. I, I was not. I was. I wasn't in the Raistlin camp. I'm a, I'm a, I was like oh. in the Kinder camp. I loved Tasselhoff Burfoot and his relationship with Flint. I loved their interactions with one another. They kept me in stitches all the time. Yes, so my I first Tasselhoff. Tasselhoff was great. Whenever they ended up like drinking themselves silly in the swamp on the way to Zaxaroth, that was hilarious to me as a kid. You know, and so oh, yeah. that was my first character was Tavin Firenot, who was a Kinder, and um, I uh, my, I was the the group that I was in was pretty small. And they were all terrified about anyone wanting to be a kinder because they were just expecting trouble. But <laughs> as they should, <laughs> they got trouble. But they got trouble that was that was self managed, right? So, oh. uh, and uh, I loved that character. It was incredibly. It wasn't me, right? Because I'm a pretty level headed guy, pretty logic logic brain, and it gave me an opportunity to to slip into the skin of this character that was super whimsical, flighty. But still had other character traits that I I felt was really valuable, like uh, fiercely loyal, uh, brave, true, being a good moral compass for the rest of the group, um, and uh, yeah. So that was that was my first one, and he got uh, hung by the DM surreptitiously. Oh. 
<laughs> literally hung by the DM. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, I actually I did that. I used that character. I had that played that character again later down the the, the road. I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop again. It's Brian Midget is one of my uh, best friends since since high school, and he ran a game, and he started it with that character hanging at the crossroads, and then it started. That's oh. that's where the that's where it started out was Tavin nice. is is being hung, and then we we go forward from there. And what it turned out was. That that it was the it, the entire adventure was just the last moments of him about to die. It was almost like a like a, a hallucination before he was when, before he died, and that the gods chose to let him live based on the outcome of that. It's kind of like that phantom adventure that he went on, and so the the limb or I think it was like a, a post, uh, the crossroads post broke, and then Tasselhoff was or not Tasselhoff, excuse me, but. Uh, Tavin was freed and he could go about his way and his wanderlust continued from there. So it was pretty cool. Mad props That's to Brian. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hats off to Brian. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, man. Yeah. But that is awesome that you are a Kinder fan. I was too. Um, I don't. I don't understand the hatred. Oh man. For Kinder, it, it's it's totally misplaced. They're misunderstood. Well, I, I think a lot of people, and I don't like. I'm trying not to. I could do this all day long with Dragonlance. So I'm going to, I'm going to again, self-manage myself with this, right? I'll just say <laughs> this. I think that, that the reason why people hate Kinder so much is because a lot of people use it as it's their Wangrod defense, right? It's like, oh, I'm just playing yes. my Kinder. He, he, like, so I'm just playing my character the way that I want to, man. I mean, like, or not the way that I want to, but he's just a character. I'm just doing... I'm doing whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to hurt anybody or anything like that. So, um, whereas totally to agree. me, the appeal in them is they're they're like children. You know, this they are infinitely in, uh, uh, innocent. And uh, if you tell them that they stole something or that they took something that wasn't theirs, they're shocked by it. You call them a thief. Their feelings are hurt. They're easily wounded. But they're just like incredibly loyal and sweet and kind and of course you know you can play your characters however you want to but that's always the way that i looked at tass you know the, the, the oh, yeah, endearing qualities about him for sure i love definitely. i i'm gonna butt in for just a second and yeah. say i love that as you you when you start talking about dragon lance catherine and i are radio silence <laughs> <laughs> I noticed. and everyone's I noticed. Everyone that's, both of you yeah everyone yeah. that's tuning into this podcast is like hmm I wonder. I'm like, I'm here to tell you there's a reason that we're both radio silent with Dragonlance. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um, But you guys uh, are getting interested in reading the books now. They are fantastic books. They're they're really fantastic books. (laughs) No, look, I'm not going to say that any of it. It's not Hamlet. You know, it's not War and Peace. um, But it's it's just really good. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. And for me, the, the tropes that you see now nowadays... It it all came from that era of D and D. You know the mm-hmm. uh, Sturm, the Knight, the Cavalier, the Paladin. That's mm-hmm. you know that's everything. Kind of uh, was uh, gravitated towards that ever since then. So um, it was singular. It was. Uh, mm-hmm. I still love it. I I reread the Dragonlance Chronicles, the f- the first six books, uh, the the mm-hmm. uh, Autumn Twilight. Winter Night, Spring Dawning, and then the Legends trilogy. I read them probably every other year. Then I got my son into it, and he's read all of the books, and that's something that we can share with one another. And I, I love it. Nice. I love those books. That's fantastic. So, highly recommend. All right, Kath. All right, Catherine. It's on you. First mm. character. 
Uh, well, I kind of don't really count my my roll twenty first character, like my actual first character, because um, I hopped on into the game like an hour before it was gonna start, and the DM was like, "Here, pick a pregen," um, mm. so I could so I could play, which was which was really nice, and it was super helpful at the time. But um, my first character um, that I created was a wood elf chaotic good bard um yeah and i kind of so i mentioned i had a theatrical background i grew up a performer like i dance used to be like a central aspect of my life um I trained with a professional company for a while, stuff like that. I wasn't a professional. I was a trainee. But um, but so it, it really kind of... Uh, the importance of performing arts uh, and people's involvement in them has really shaped how I play and run D&D as a result. Um, and okay. because I've heard a bunch of hate toward bards, <laughs> um, like it seems like everybody either hates them or loves them. Uh, and I'm it both. seems to, I'm both. that's, that's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've noticed that it seems to, to have to do with, um, the, the type of player that your main bardic experience is associated with, if that makes sense. Um, and I didn't want to do, so, so I made a bard whose main, whose main, like, purpose, I guess, was dance. That's interesting. That's, that's cool. I like, I like, I like that, uh, bardic association. What is your bardic association? I, I, I both, uh, love and loathe bards. That, that, that'll be a story for another time, I think. No. As to why I loathe them. <laughs> but, uh. As a DM, I as a DM, I loathe them. But, okay, uh, that's yeah. fair. As, as a player, <laughs> I think they're great, but as a DM, it's like, ah, hate barbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll need to do like a, a. I think that I think that's a really good after dinner drinks episode later on is one where we just talk about uh, classes and maybe mm. not just D and D classes, but just like in classes that we have opinions about. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. Fun, so. that, mm-hmm. Put that on the docket. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you out there, uh, you might not know, um, or hopefully maybe some of you have actually played at our tables. That'd be great. Uh, we all are uh, convention DMs. Uh, yeah. we, we travel around, go to different conventions, and, and run games. Uh, I mostly for, uh, I think most of us are mostly for bald man games, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I ran for some other organizations, and I know Zach has as well. Um, and of course, it can at, at your local game stores and stuff like that. So, my next question is, what got you involved in convention DMing, and what hooked you on convention DMing? Because DMing for for friends is one thing. That's 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 putting yourself in, you know, in harm's way as it is. But 
But doing it at a convention for people that you don't know, slot after slot, session after session, it's like running full bore through the woods with a blindfold on. <laughs> so, so who, who, Jonathan, what, uh, yeah. what got you started in uh, DMing at conventions and what hooked you? Um, man, I've, I've actually given, I've tried giving this a lot of thought of trying to figure out exactly what it was that, why I gave it a try. I know exactly what, what's kept me, uh, going back from war. Um, I think it probably goes back to a couple of years ago. I, I, uh, was really stressed out at work. I'd given up a lot of my, my free time and, and my hobbies and things like that for work. And, uh, because family life suffered a little bit, being able to give them the attention that they needed to. And I made the conscious decision that I was going to take my son to Gen Con uh, in 2018. And right um, we uh, went together with some other friends of ours, and I had that five days with him where we didn't do anything that was work-related. I turned my phone off, and I would only turn it on at certain times of the day to call my wife and make sure that she was good, the, the, the kids were good, and stuff like that back at the house. And um, so I, and at the detriment of anything else that had, was work-related, I'm just not going to take any calls. I'm, I'm leaving it all there because I need to focus fire on, on my kid. And uh, while we were there, we would had the best time and played so much Dungeons & Dragons. I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> to, we played like 44 hours of D&D while oh, we were there. Oof. It was insane. And, uh, which is great, but it's also... It's a lot. And so, but lot. we played on that side of the table and my kid had just the best time. I remember there was a point in it where uh, he looked up at me, he, got, like, got, he was getting emotional. He goes, I didn't realize how much I needed this until right now. And so that stuck. Hmm. And I wanted to be a part of something that might be like that for other people. And so I, I took, I dipped in to uh, ball man games right so i i uh, went to winter fantasy the preceding year in 2019 and i honestly think that the reason why i've enjoyed enjoyed it so much since then is a combination of things it's it's ball man games is fantastic to work for and to work with um that's mm -hmm. the first thing and then um the players are great I've, i have had a uh, I've been really, really lucky to have really great tables every single time. I haven't had a bad table yet, knock on wood. Um, and I'd love to see, like, the Russian roulette I actually enjoy. You know, it's that ch that's the other challenge mm, for me. It's yeah. like, I don't know you. Can I, can I make you have a good time? I don't know what kind of day you've had, what, what, yes. what, what things were like before you got here. I want you to have a blast, and I, I live off of that as a DM. So I we, think that's what really lo locked me in. We could just That's close awesome. this podcast right here because I don't think any of us are going to say anything better than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I I have to tell my story, but I'm going to do that yeah, last. I have to I have to tell my story. So <laughs> That's awesome. That, that that is an awesome That's way to look at cool. it, John. That's cool. How how that hooked you. But yes, yeah. I think all of all of our stories are, are something to that effect anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Catherine, mm -hmm. how did you get involved in convention DMing and what what keeps you coming back? Uh, I got involved uh, partly through Zach. Um, I... Way to go, Zach. Hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got... I I met Zach and our friend Micah um, when I went to NakaCon 
and just on a whim was like, hey, I haven't had a real life session for a while. I think I'll hop in um, and see what that's like. And Micah was my DM. And we had a whole party of bards. Oh, God. <laughs> Troy's having nightmares. <laughs> we, we decided... <laughs> we, we all really clicked, like, as players when we were making our, like, last-minute characters. We were like, let's be a bard boy band. So we were a bard boy a band, bard and it was the best. That's awesome. Oh That's awesome. <laughs> uh, we had people, like, laughing a couple tables over, hearing our antics and stuff. It was so fun. Um, and then afterwards... Uh, and of course, you know, Micah facilitated that really well. And uh, if he was, if he was irritated by a party full of bards, he didn't show it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, um, he is a better man than I. <laughs> um, and then afterwards, he invited me to be part of um, his and Zach's uh, games that were going on at the time. And... Hmm. Uh, got to know Zach and I got to know those guys more and they're cool. Um, and then uh, Zach and Micah kind of extended an invitation. Um, you know, if, if we wanted to see if bald man games would uh, take us on, I guess, to mm. be DMS at the, at, Gen Con was was the first con that I ended up going. Wow, to just jumping jumping in with both feet there. Wow, he, no kidding. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> it was very intimidating. Uh, <laughs> I I was really nervous. I I definitely felt like I had a lot to prove. Uh, being young, being new to the game, being a girl DM, like there were there were a lot of layers, and I was really nervous and. Uh, I almost didn't go, <laughs> oh. um, but when I when I when I went there and when I saw people come and sit down at the table, kind of like you know either friendly or kind of reserved, but just kind of like there, <laughs> and mm -hmm. then by the end they're like laughing or talking about something that happened or talking about. Um, talking about an NPC or others' characters, like, the bonding that happened over even just, like, a, a few-hour period of time was was really, really awesome. Um, and and I loved, like, like you were saying, I, I loved facilitating that that experience and even being part of that experience some of the time. Mm. It was, it's, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I look at it as this... this this amazing responsibility that's placed on you, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's different than when you're, when I'm at home where if my, if I have a, if I run a bad game, ah, it's just my friends, they'll forgive me. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, Whereas yeah. whenever I'm playing for the public and if they paid good money to do this, right. now it's like, okay, the pressure's on. I, I, I've got to perform and it's got to be good because they deserve it. If for nothing else, they've, for some reason they're paying for me to, yeah, to run right. a game for them, which is shocker. Right. But even still, I mean like, the they came to have a good time and I want to make sure that they do and that's and I but I love that mm -hmm. I love that pressure and the challenge that's put on me to to see if I can take uh, if I can take a, a, a cold table 
because I've never met any of them before, and I don't, they don't know my personality, my place, my run, the way that I've run the game or anything like that. And it, it is, it is. I love the challenge of starting in cold and then having them walk away from the table hot. Mm. You know, they all oh, had a yeah. blast. You know? Like I yeah. love the moment where you can tell that something that you just did is like a one of the players really liked that. Yeah, and you're like, ah, now I I see how I can engage you. I see yes. how I can I can bring this to yeah. be a fun time for you. It's I, I call yeah. milking it. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, <laughs> back to that. I'm back, going back to that well. Yeah, definitely. a lot, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. A oh, lot. you like that funny voice, huh? All right, here we go. I got you. I got you. That's right. All right, Zach. What about you? Okay. Um. So, yeah, Mike and I had a podcast. Believe it or not. Um. A while back, um, we did like 75 episodes. Um, I really enjoyed that time. Um, and we were foolish enough to think at that point that having a D&D podcast meant something. <laughs> Wait, it doesn't? No, I, I mean, surprise. Um <laughs> No, it was it was like one of those things where we're like, oh, we're doing something, we're 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 making a name, right? And maybe we were to a small degree, um, but but we wanted to push that a little bit. And I think that Micah maybe was the one who stumbled across Baldman, or he got uh, was in a forum and somebody invited him to be a bald man team. I'm pretty sure someone invited him because I remember him bringing it to me and being like, Hey, we got invited to go to Gen Con for free. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> Tell me we more. We're, 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 we're top dogs. Um, we're, gonna be, we're, we're VIPs at Gen Con. That's right. Um, <laughs> um, man, I sound ignorant tonight. Um, Open <laughs> uh, your cup again? Yeah. It was it was it. Uh no, but uh we we got just like Catherine, it was a year before Catherine, so it was twenty eighteen, um, we went to Gen Con. Uh and we were like no idea. Never Mike had been to Nakacon, which is a small Kansas City con once. I had never been to a convention, had no idea what we were getting into, had never played oh. a game of Adventures League in our oh, lives. Wow. Like, had never been given a module, right? Like, everything that we had done up until that point was homebrew. Like, it was that sort of a thing, right? And we showed up, and I remember we walked into the meeting, and we looked around, and and Catherine has a different, I think, a different experience even a year later. But when we walked in there, we were the youngest people in that room by a decade, <laughs> why you always got? Why you always got to throw the age thing? Out I'm there, sorry. Man? It's it was it was <laughs> we. I remember being like, "Oh my gosh, what have we gotten ourselves into?" Like, like there's all these, and I I I I'm used to playing with these guys, right? But but so this term isn't derogatory for me. But I'm like, we're we're chumming with grognards, right? Like, I don't know that we belong here. Chumming with grognards. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good podcast. That sounds like a podcast it, I've ever heard of one. Is it chumming with or chumming for? Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> um, no, but we had signed up for a full slot of session. We'd, we were running eight slots apiece so we could get our free badges and all that. Um, and we killed ourselves. Like, And it was awesome. Uh, I mean, we it was a 12-hour drive there and a 12-hour drive back. 
and it was we had more energy when we got home than when we left. It was that sort mm-hmm. of an experience. Yes. Um, yeah. And what uh, John said about the roulette experience was something that I didn't know how much I would love. Like, mm-hmm. like it is it is everything to me that that table shifts, um, and that that you have new players showing up and. And now we've seen this like one step into or a few years into it. Now you have a 50-50 split of people showing up to your table that you've never met before and you get to figure out what they like. And then you have 50% be people that are coming to your table because you've already done that once or twice or three times for them before. And you Mm -hmm. guys now live all the way across. You you live on opposite ends of the country. But yet you come together to this con. Yep. And they're like, where's Zach at? We're going to play at Zach's table. And it's like a little like gaming community reunion impromptu at the table. Oh, yeah. So, um, so cool. Uh, it, 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 it. And then I think Bald Man really does a great job of, of building a community around their DMs and making us feel like we're a part of something together, which I mm-hmm. think is a big deal. And then from there, we went to like, um, uh, we do cons. Um, we've done cons at everywhere now and not just with bald man and we go last year i think i went to eight conventions um and i think the closest one was nine hours away um uh but it's it it's one of those crazy things that uh i've just talked to somebody recently and they're like man they they run they they run some um uh, uh community games and they're like man i don't know like adventures league just isn't for me like it's so stuffy and you're so hamstrung and you know they had this idea and they're like i just like you know we just like running homebrew stuff and things that you you can do whatever you want and i'm like man i don't know what it is but but the people at bald man the people at um game hole con thomas uh, uh valley there um have figured something out and I, I just pray that it never changes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can feel that grognard mentality. I'm like, don't change my game. Um, don't change. Don't change. No, but it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. And if I could go every weekend, I would. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. To, to your point about uh, those, the, the types that have that, that, have that aversion to, to going to those conventions because of they have a, pre, a preconceived notion in their mind that, you know, it's stuffy. It's it's too locked down. It's not flexible enough. Those are the people that I want at my table. Yep, I want to run for oh, them yeah. to see if I can if I can if I can change their mind. You know, if I can if I can win a heart and win a mind over and show them that it doesn't matter who you're where you're at, what the environment is, or the, even the, the rules. You know, that we can we can still have a good time together. Exactly. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I I had been going to Gen Con. Uh, while I was still in Milwaukee is when I started mm. going to Gen Con. Um, mm-hmm. And I was there the last year that it was in Milwaukee and everybody was so upset that it was moving to Indianapolis. And I was so excited because I live near Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's like two hours <laughs> away from me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was like, it it was really cool. I, I, I kind of didn't want it to leave Milwaukee either just because Milwaukee is a cool city. But uh I'm happy that it did. It's gotten, I mean, it's gotten so immense in Indianapolis. Uh, but uh, like I said, I've, I've been going all these years, and D&D Next had just come out, the, the playtest version of 5th edition, and 
life and stuff was getting in my way, and it just doesn't look like I was going to get to go to Gen Con that year. And same as uh, for a friend of mine who was my DM at the time, and uh, he he called me over to the house. He said, "Hey, I just saw this thing where this group is looking for DMs for Gen Con, and if you run eight slots, you get a room." And it's like, huh? Mm-hmm. You want to try it? And, it's like, sure. Because, I mean, I remember the days of the RPGA where there was a test to become a DM. And so it was like, oh, man, do we have to take a test? I was like, no, it doesn't look like it. So we signed up for eight slots. Uh, we went down there. And, yeah, walked in. It was just like, oh, man, what did we get ourselves into? There's all these people. And <laughs> I'd, I'd been going to Gen Con all those years, but I never played anything. I would go, I would go to seminars, I would wander aimlessly through the dealer's hall, you know, do all this kind of stuff, but never played organized games of any kind. And the, uh, the module, the, the, here's my story that I've been, I've, been, I've been wanting to tell. The module was called Confrontation at Candlekeep. You can, you can find it on DMs Guild now, and uh, written by uh, Teos Abadia who is an awesome, awesome adventure writer. But uh, the, the gist of it is you go to Candlekeep, you do some little adventures, and at the end there are uh, different groups of people on these towers. And, and it's kind of like an epic. What if, if you know what an epic is, it's a multi-table event. Uh, Confrontation at Candlekeep was a six-table pod. All six tables are doing different adventures until the end. At the end, you're all on top of these towers, mm. uh, trying to defend whatever. And of course, a big ancient blue dragon shows up and goes from table to table. Now these are low-level characters, right? So at my table, I have a, a young kid, probably somewhere between ten and thirteen, and his uncle. Um, this was this was the, the 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 boy's first year at Gen Con, um, first time ever playing D and D, and his uncle wanted to bring him bring him and show him what it was all about. And I'm their first table. I'm their first experience with fifth edition D and D. And we're sitting there, we're playing, and on the drive down, we were working on our funny voices and all this stuff, and making all these plans. And so yeah, they were they were digging all the voices. It got to the end where the, the dragon comes over, and you know we're watching the the administrator go from table to table, bringing the dragon. Lands at the table. Everybody is supposed to get two rounds to hit the dragon before it flies away. So it goes around the one time. The boy's playing the uh, the pre-gen dwarf fighter. Hits doesn't do a whole lot of damage. It's almost back around to him again. And for whatever reason, the admin was like, oh, got to go to the next table. So this kid only got one shot at a dragon in his first D&D game. And he was just like, oh, man. And I'm like, well, well, what what do you want to do? Because the the dragon's flying away. What what are you going to do next? Because there's other stuff to to deal with. And he just looks at me and he says, can I jump on the dragon's back as it's flying Mm -hmm. away? Mm-hmm. And I just looked at I looked at him, and I went, "Yes, 
<laughs> Roll with advantage. <laughs> and, of course, he made it. There was no way I was going to let him not make it. He lands on the dragon's back. He's like, well, what do I do now? I was like, take your paper, take your pencil, take your dice, and go. Follow that guy. Follow that dragon. Awesome. And the, the players at the table are like, what is going on? This doesn't happen in D&D games. We've played before. <laughs> this doesn't work. And he, he takes off, and uh, the uncle goes with him. And so I continue to, to run the flying beasties that are, you know, that they have to deal with. And, I, and we look up every once in a while. Oh, now he's at another table. Huh. huh. Keep playing. <laughs> look up. Huh. He's at another table. And it's about, it, it's, time for, it's time for the event to be over. And, and all of a sudden, the, the uncle comes back, and he's just beaming. He's like, man, dude, thank you. He is hooked. <laughs> it's like, it's like what? The kid comes running up. His eyes are like saucers, and he slams down. He's like, "Oh my gosh! I went to three different towers. I fought the dragon. I was on the back. I was doing all this stuff, and, and then he finally hit me with a tail and knocked me off. Now I'm dead. Oh, it was so cool. <laughs> he was freaking out so bad. I was just like, I'm, I'm never gonna not DM at a convention again. That, that is, that is the story that hooked me for convention DMing." For life, I love that, that is man. Awesome, I love it. So fun. Oh. Yeah, that's that's that the mo- those are the moments you live for. Like I, I, I'm, oh. I'm like I'm constantly. Ch- it's like heroin. I'm constantly chasing the dragon, uh, so to speak. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm constantly that's... trying to get that moment. The juice for me is whenever if I can get them to cheer, or if I can, oh. Yes. Oh my God! If I, like the louder I can make them, the more obnoxious our table becomes, the better it is for me, man. Because like I, I loved whenever I played at Gen Con and I'd see all these other DMs. They're standing up. They're so animated. There's mm-hmm. lots of hand movements. Oh, and they're just really into the story. And then all of a sudden, ah, comes from the from their table. I'm like, those guys are just rocking and rolling right now. I want to do that. Oh, and so ever yeah. since then, that's just constantly chasing that. The next, the next table. Can I get them the to that fix. point? The next fix. That's right, man. I'm just like a junkie. I love it. That, yeah, that is all. Yeah. I love, I love, I love that Good feeling. Stuff. Yeah, when you can get them as they're packing up their stuff to go to their next slot, and they look at you and they say, "What are you running next?" Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh-huh. you're just like, right. Yeah, exactly. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> fist, fist bump. Yeah. yeah, I I still have I still uh, keep in contact with several people that have played at my tables uh, from yep. conventions, and I mean it's it is so much fun. It is it's such a cool community. It's such a it's such a good it's such a wonderful drug, isn't it? That's oh, the best drug. I love it. It is the best. Well, and drug. I think and you're right too. That's actually a good point too. Is like you, it's about connection at its core, mm-hmm. right? So you're able to connect to them on a fundamental level to where you're able to ev- evoke something out of them. And then they're like, there's, they see something in you that they really, that they gravitate towards. And so they want to be at your table because they want, they want their next fix. They actually want that moment the entire time. They just didn't know that's the exact, that specific thing that they wanted, right? And so they hunt yeah, you down. Yeah. And even in being in this for only like really a, a year, because I only really, I ran for Winter Fantasy uh, 2019 Origins 2019 and then this past year uh, at Winter Fantasy 2020. And even in just that amount of time, I've made so many 
friends, not oh, just yeah. not away from the table. Don't, don't even get me started. Obviously, this like between uh, Troy and Zach, and and so, but at the table, the players that connect with me on Facebook and social media that, that I'm still interacting with. Not just they're not just bystanders. They're still they interact with me on a regular basis. It's it's phenomenal. It's crazy. Yeah. I've never I've never had an experience like it. The family grows. The family grows and grows. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I Well Oh, go ahead, Zach. I was gonna just tie into that. Like that that's that's the call to action, right? If there's a call to action from this podcast it would be like yes it'd be like grow the family um the family like like here's here's what i will tell you um the best thing the best decision i did was to grab other people and bring them along um um, and yeah and uh (laughs) so that's that and 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 why why this community is so great is because that's what's happening it's natural growth right and yeah. it's coming from all different angles, and you've got, you've got, uh, you know, grognards who have been there since 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 the Red Box, sitting down at a table with critters <laughs> um, who came in from 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 episode, from Campaign Two of Critical Role, pulled yeah, from Pathfinder yeah. Society and Star Wars and all of these people mm-hmm. uh, sitting down, and because it's natural growth, and because the spirit of it is come and 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 have a great time yes and mm-hmm. and and it's welcoming and the admins are welcoming and the company is of watsi is welcoming all these people have the right attitude approaching it i i dare you to go to a convention and have a bad time yeah <laughs> yeah you may have a bad table but you're gonna have a good time if yes. you you're gonna, you're have, gonna to get, have a good time it, there's, it, I mean, I'm not going to be one to to sit here and uh, put my rose-colored glasses on and say that every single table is going to be fantastic. You know, some some DMs have a rough day, some players are having a rough day, and it's just hard. You know, yeah. uh, and uh, but I think that I, you could, I couldn't have said it better, Zach. It's like, just give it a chance. You know, don't don't. But yeah. to Zach's point, more more to his point is that not just go and play. Go play for sure, but. Try to run a game at a convention mm-hmm. and see if you don't enjoy it. You know, um, yeah. the experience. I mean, I'm, I'm just going back for more. I, I can't wait for the next convention and then the next yeah. and then the next. Exactly. Exactly. And I want to piggyback off that one more degree. Um, if, you're, if you don't feel like you're experienced enough or ready for it, doesn't matter. Do it anyway. Yeah. It's an awesome mm-hmm. time. Just, just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Just do one slot. Just do one session. Yeah. yeah. If, you know, they've got, they've got two-hour mods out now and stuff. Do a, mm-hmm. a two-hour mod, do a four-hour mod, something like that, introduction. You're going to get hooked. You're going to get yeah. hooked out mm-hmm. there. So, well, what do you think? How, how is that for uh, our after-dinner drink? Should we, uh, should we let people uh, get on their merry way now? I think this is a really if, – if we, if we go further, we're going to keep going, right? We, exactly. <laughs> I've got stories. Yes. Uh, so yeah, let's yeah. let's let's wrap it up. Um, let's wrap it up. And uh, I, what what are we gonna do? These one a month? Is that kind of the plan for for those out there? Yeah, I hope so. Hope hopefully we're gonna be yeah. doing one a month of these these little little drinking parties. Yes. If you have like an idea of something that you would like 
to hear us talk about or like if you if you have something that you feel like would be a really good longer format discussion especially mm-hmm. for dms and convention dms um, you can reach out to bite size gaming on facebook or any of us on social media um, it'll be in the show notes yep. um, mm-hmm. so we would love yes, to indeed. we'd love to take your discussion topics and make them our own yeah exactly oh bite so size gaming th- does also have an instagram Yes, we also have an Instagram. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. So for for Catherine, John, and Zach, I am Troy, and uh, thank you for listening and and letting us uh, tell tell fun stories of our our gaming pedigrees, I guess you could say. Have a good night, y'all. Later. Good night, everybody.